Rob. Welcome back. Hey, Jeff. Thanks. Glad to be back. Yeah. It was an awesome time away. Yeah, just and you made it back just in time. You escaped of the, the hurricane. Imagine that. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not there. Yeah. I, I missed in a hurricane a few years back as well. I was in Alabama before a gigantic hurricane too. So I'm like- uh, You're good at timing that. Yeah. Well done. Well Pretty done. Cool. Well, yeah, it's good to be with you again. We're going to talk a little bit this afternoon about the book of Ecclesiastes. We've been preaching through that book, had a really good time. Uh, several messages, and we've got one left coming up this Sunday. But before we left Ecclesiastes behind, we decided, hey, it's a good idea to talk a little bit more about this main theme of uh, emptiness and fullness and how the the questions that Solomon seemed to be wrestling through, that the problems that he was grappling with are answered in, in the gospel. And we've been talking about how really Ecclesiastes tees everything up nicely for the Gospel of John, which is where we're going next. So, so Solomon wrestles with things like questions regarding the meaninglessness of, of life or the apparent meaninglessness of life. And in the Gospel, we see regarding Jesus, we see meaningfulness. Solomon wrestles with questions regarding emptiness, and in Christ, we see fullness. Questions regarding uh, temporality, and in Christ, we we learn about eternality, mm-hmm. right? Uh, immortality, and then in Christ, there's, there's, uh, sorry, mortality, and then in Christ is immortality, right? So, so we've been enjoying talking about that together and preaching through Ecclesiastes, and then we're going into John. So again, let's just take a little time this afternoon and say a bit more about maybe some uh, what I used to call in my ministry in Washington. I used to talk about leftovers, <laughs> like so. I'd preach the sermon, and then there was just a little bit more that I didn't quite get to. So we'll talk through some kind of leftovers here for other people's encouragement uh, as as we've been able to enjoy these conversations. It'll be good for others to to listen in. Mm-hmm. So so um, first of all, maybe just to kind of get us going. Would you again for us, Rob, just define that that main idea? Uh, we're calling it emptiness here today, but it's it's the word vanity in a lot of translations. So, would you remind us what that term vanity means, or kind of the breadth of the meaning of that word? Sure, I'll try to I'll try to capture yeah. an uncapturable term. Yeah, uh, right. the, the Hebrew term is hevel, right? And, yeah. and it, it's the concept of something that we can't quite get a handle on, or things that you, you're trying to manage, but they're not manageable. Um, and we've talked about on a few occasions the the imagery of blowing out a match and trying to trying to yeah. grab onto the smoke of that match. And and while it seems like you're just about to have it, it just sneaks around your fingers. It's it's temporal, it's um, transitory, um, it's vaporous. I like yeah. that word. Yeah. Um, it's it's just something you can't you can't get a hold of. And so as as you kind of see that flesh out into life, you know, we all want. We have our plans for how we're going to manage our career and our health and our well-being, our marriage and our children. And as much as we want to control all of those things, there are variables that are constantly thrown into the mix and things don't work out the way that we intend. Um, Sometimes we think that's bad and sometimes it feels pretty bad, but the reality is this is this this life is filled with anomalies and difficulties. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has a way of taking those broken pieces and doing awesome things through it. Yeah. Yeah. And as we've been exploring, 
you know, Solomon wrestled through these things thousands of years ago in, in the book of Ecclesiastes. He's, he begins by saying, hey, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. He ends the book in chapter 12. He says that again, all is vanity. Mm-hmm. So in between, uh, let's just recap some of the areas where he's, and we're talking about what you just mentioned, kind of the here and now, the things that we can all relate to. What are some of the areas that, that Solomon touched on that maybe impacted you? And I can talk about the ones that maybe even in the sermon series that we covered, maybe just a little bit about those, just to remember what he was going through and how he sort of wrangled through those things at his time. So I think you touched uh, last Sunday on a little bit of one of the things that really speaks to me, and, and that is in Ecclesiastes 9, where Solomon has been wrestling all this time, and it's, it's almost like he, he pushes us into the corner of saying um, life doesn't work the way you want it to work. Mm-hmm. You, you might have um, all the stuff you want and all the people around you you want, and you might even still feel alone or you might feel empty. Um, th- that feeling of kind of emptiness that comes up in his discussion, he doesn't always leave it there. There are these glimpses of... Um, joy and peace and and good things as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I really appreciate is is when you get to Ecclesiastes nine and he talks about the fact that God has already approved what you do, or yeah, God has already right. taken care of the biggest things. Right. And so the the response that he has to that in verse seven is, "Go eat your bread with joy, drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do." Let your garments be always white. In other words, you know, put, put on some nice stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let not oil be lacking on your head. Go do something that's freshening up, refreshing, um, that, that you're preparing for something. And then he says, enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given to you under the sun because this is your portion in life and your toil at which you toil under heaven or under the sun, excuse me. So I really like what he's getting at is, okay, since God has taken care of the most important thing, mm-hmm. which is we are, we're accepted in the beloved is how we see it on right. this side of the right. cross. At this right? point, yep. Um, so you can, you can put on some nice clothes, put on a little bit of uh, aftershave or whatever it is you do. I don't really put any <laughs> yeah. of that on, but yeah, I think some of that oil on. technically, yeah, but, but yeah, put, put some oil <laughs> whatever on. You're, uh, but, yep. but go have a party, hang out with your wife. And enjoy the good things he's given to you. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. God right. gives us all these things. So I really appreciate that about, about this study. You know, the, there's the, the weighty side where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Solomon, you're really, you're really wrenching at me. But at the same time, he says, yeah, but while you're going through these days, there are great little treats that God yeah. gives you. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses. Right, right, right. And we've been talking about that. I appreciate as you've preached through, you keep bringing it back around to, you know, God's not a cosmic killjoy here. Yeah, there are complexities, there are challenges in this life. There are losses that are inevitable. There Mm -hmm. are things about life that we can't get our hands on, we can't control. Uh, There is an emptiness to a degree with life, and that's inescapable. At the same time, there are great benefits and blessings, and Solomon touches on those. And and we don't have to shy away from those things. There is a little bit of a tendency in the church sometimes to kind of have like this 
uh, maybe maybe a reaction or an overreaction to the prosperity gospel preaching can be kind of this this poverty gospel mm-hmm. preaching almost where it's like this vow of poverty we can't we have to abstain from any kind of enjoyment no you know just no fun ever right and and that's not the picture that the Bible portrays for us it's not what God's heart is for us God is generous he gives graciously uh, abundantly and, and so Solomon's realizing that even as he struggles with those deep questions and looks at some of the darker things or some of the empty things, he's aware of of the good things as well. Mm-hmm. To to you know, to one degree or another, he shows that awareness and, and that passage in chapter nine would be one of them. Yep. And if we don't stop and enjoy those good things, when the hard and heavy things come, and they will, yeah. Um we're not really set up really with a reservoir right. of um satisfaction or yeah. a reservoir of Peace. Gra- gratitude even, yeah. or you know, peace, gratitude, sure, yeah. So, so I think I'm appreciative of both sides that Solomon presents so that, you know, if something goes terribly wrong from my perspective mm-hmm. in life, I don't have to think, oh, what did I do wrong? I, did so- I must have done something right. wrong, and now I'm receiving God's punishment, God's wrath, God's not pleased with me, and so now I have this problem. Conversely, if, every, you know, if I'm doing everything right, all these blessings, Solomon push all of that he shatters that that image and says yep, nope sometimes there are things that are crooked yep. and you're not going to straighten them and sometimes there are things that are straightened and you're not going to crook make them crooked right just it's outside of your your purview and your ability so when things are difficult no the lord's still there when things are great enjoy it yep yep and and he's behind it right mm-hmm. e- either way yep that's good um so one of the things maybe we could talk about a little bit more, Solomon obviously um, experienced a lot of pleasure. And he goes into that. You had a whole sermon about that, I think mainly in, I think it's chapter two, right? Yes. And and so, I mean, all these different aspects of pleasure that he enjoyed in his time. And even though we've touched on that in the, in the series, it'd be good to maybe say a little bit more about it. And and I'm curious, let me put you on the spot a little bit. You just came back from an awesome vacation in Florida, um, how, how can we think about things like even vacations? I mean, some people are not able to take vacations, uh, but, but some are, many of us are. Uh, so let's take those finer things in life, which you've experienced, I've experienced. How, how does Ecclesiastes help us think about those types of, those types of earthly experiences? Those, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say for me, one of the things that I've tried to learn from life in Ecclesiastes and the Lord is that anytime we try to press something to accomplish or get more out of something that it's able to deliver, I think you're on treacherous ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Solomon says in um, Ecclesiastes 1.8, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Yeah. In other yeah. words, you know, so, you know, I, I was, I had a really great time with my wife. We had a chance to, to see and do and hear and experience lots of fun things together. And it was quiet in, in some ways because <laughs> we, we didn't have our five children with us. It was just the two us. of you. It's amazing. And so We're we, all we really had a, a great so time. Um, and so, so there were sites that we saw and, and, and they're, they're in there, right? They're in my mind and some photos of those things. But um, like anything else, you always left maybe wanting a little bit more, maybe right. oh, wouldn't it be nice if there were two more days of this or right. an, another week of this, yeah. or wouldn't it be nice when we come back, you know, another time and have this experience 
again. So I think life enjoyment, um, while we we enjoy the the experiences, it always shows us there's okay, there's another there's another thing I might want to experience, right. or I might want right. to see that again, or see something a little bit different than that. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and it, I I just think it's interesting, and you bring up the the idea of the eye seeing, the ear hearing, and and you had mentioned in your message, I remember you talking about how Solomon had access to basically his own live band mm-hmm. and performers who would come entertain him, which is, and at that time was so rare. No, nobody had that, you know, virtually nobody had that ability to have performances whenever they wanted it. And with, again, a live band or whatever. And then today, because of technology, it's it's remarkable that we have now with all these different tools and gadgets we have youtube and spotify and pandora and we can pull up every song you know any at any time any place with our earbuds or headphones whatever we can listen to anything anytime and 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 re-listen and re-listen and re-listen and and so on one hand it's kind of like hey we we can never get quite enough we always we always want access to more and okay yeah there's i get all these songs but i want to get more songs so there's kind of that thing then we just have to go and download more songs there's that and then there's the fact that okay even if i find a song i like i mean something weird happens like if i listen to the same song over and over and over again if i listen to it 10 times in a row i mean at some point i do tire of it mm-hmm. you know even though i may love it at some point i'm kind of over it or i'm i'm done with it and we and talked about a little variety here yeah a little variety <laughs> right and we talked about you know uh, meals, having a delicious meal, and on one hand, it, it doesn't satisfy you. On the other hand, if you have too much of it, you can you can get sick on it. And so it's like this is interesting di- dynamics that God has kind of wired into the the world that we live in, to where we can never just get to this perfect equilibrium of satisfaction. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's seemingly not possible, which points us uh, beyond. It does. Yeah, I I I, I so enjoy um, having friends like you. Yeah. Friends, you know, have my children, and they're wonderful. And I have my my wife, who is my favorite person on the earth. I'm so very thankful yep. for for these blessings in life, and and a meal, and or or a vacation. What they show us, though, is like if 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 we can enjoy things like that here, what will it be like in the presence of a perfect God yeah. in a perfect world? Where all the rights have been made, all the wrongs have been made right. Like, wh- what is that going to be like? So it's like, yeah. all right, I taste this, but it's it's even more. It's even better. God has something beyond yeah. what I've been able to experience here. With the things we experience here, like we we eat a meal, it's great. Um, or maybe you have one that's not so great. I had we had a meal uh, while we were away and. Couldn't have been at Disney because Disney, everything's amazing. It tasted delicious. Okay. Okay. Until 2 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At 2 a.m., it did not taste delicious any longer. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) so that actually was like an experience of, of, um, disenjoyment. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Whatever the opposite of that type of enjoyment is. That that came out of it. Yep. Whereas the, the joys that God has for us, Beyond, yeah, will have no such. There's no downside. Exactly. Right? No, no right. ill effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just awesome. This the C.S. Lewis quote. I think you you may have shared this in one of your messages, and I've gone back to it over and over. But I, I love it. And uh, he he was in his time, you know, as a guy who for most of his life, as I understand it, he, he was not a Christian, but was was 
a deep thinker for sure and became a Christian later and then wrote a book called Mere Christianity in which he gives kind of his defense of the faith and and he thinks very deeply and philosophically and he says some really helpful things. And and one of them is this, what he says about this idea of of the limitations of these types of earthly experiences, though they are good. So he says this, most people, if they had really learned to look into their own hearts, would know that they do want and want acutely something that cannot be had in this world. There are all sorts of things in this world that offer to give it to you, but they never quite keep their promise. The longings which arise in us when we first fall in love or first think of some foreign country or first take up some subject that excites us are longings which no marriage, no traveling, no learning can really satisfy. And then he goes on to say, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it to suggest the real thing. Mm. And that resonates, right? I don't know how any human who reads that wouldn't find that to resonate with them. Mm. I, it, it's just, it's a fact of life that these things are not fully satisfying. We are not ultimately fulfilled, even with these great aspects of life. I think it comes more into our focus and it resonates more with us as we get a little bit older. Mm. Because as we get older, um, some of our things that we we thought we could manage um, become beyond us, right? Our our bodies don't function quite the way that they they used to. We talk about yeah. you know our backs. Yeah, aching. we're talking about that today. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I used to really be able to throw a ball really really hard, yeah. and a few years back, I fell on the ice holding my son. I tore my rotator cuff. I got had my my surgery. And now when I go to throw a ball, yeah, it's like, I don't want to do same. this. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. need, it, it's Painful. not enjoyable. Yeah. This hurts. Yeah. So we start to, to realize more and more, the things that I thought were, were so um, within my grasp. And then, right. you know, if you think about it, the more, the older you get, the more people you love have died. Yeah. Right. And it's yep. like, okay, loss. that's, yep. and, and you start to think, okay, well I, now I've lost this one. There are other people who are going to die, people that are dear to you, you know, um, whether it's, you know, moms and dads, a, a spouse, children. The older we get, the more we realize this relationship that I cherish so much at some point yep. on this earth, it's going to come to an end. So I better have something that will endure yeah, need hope. We need hope. Mm. Desperately need hope, right? And I, we spent a lot of our lives, I know I did, especially in my younger years, trying to avoid that topic. I don't want to even think about it, you know? Mm. And and at, when, in your young years, you can kind of get away with that some, depending on your particulars of your situation. Right. Some people are acquainted with death very young in yes. life. But for me, I was kind of spared of that. But to your point, and now in my mid-40s, oh yeah, I've, I've lost, just in the last year, lost two to good friends. And so, yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. And we, we need, we need hope. We need hope for beyond this world. And so there are all sorts of pointers that there's the positive pointers with the good things that we taste and enjoy music and food and those other pleasures. And then there's the negatives, the losses in life and, and all of them are pointing us beyond, right? There, there has to be more than this. 
if we didn't experience those kinds of losses or disappointments or hurts in this life, we would want to cling more and more to all of that, all that this world has to offer yeah. us. Yeah. But God does us a favor through the hardships yeah. and loss for us to start to loosen our grip on holding on to this life because we, we start to see that it's not going to work. And we then as a result of that, the most glorious thing takes place is I start to say, okay, if I can't hold on to this, is there something or someone I can hold on to that, that will sustain me that will have a lasting impact? And so the Lord offers us himself and he has no such uh, shortcomings. Right. He's he's infinite. Yep. He's eternal. He's faithful. There's no stopping his love. There's no stopping his life. The when when we come to the place of finding our satisfaction in that kind of an eternal, infinite God, there is nothing that we lack. Yeah, no, nothing can take, I was going to say that, but nothing can take him away mm. from us and, and nothing can take us away from him, Amen. right? So that, that's a perfect segue. I know we didn't exactly plan it this way, but this is a perfect segue for where uh, I wanted to go and talk a little bit about how part of the reason we experience vanity or emptiness in this life, I mean, part of it's the world is, is cursed. It has been since the fall. And and uh, taking the same the, the Hebrew term, there's a there's a Greek corollary that shows up in the New Testament, and you see it in different places. You see it in Romans eight, where it's talking about the the world has been subjected to futility or emptiness as part of the curse. But but what led to that, sort of the the origin of all of that, um, is is a really important issue that, that neither of us have really touched on in a sermon series. But I thought maybe it'd be good to talk about here a bit. And that's the idea that in Romans 1, as it describes human sin, the, the, our fallenness, that which a lot of times we use the word broken, that which is broken about us. Mm-hmm. I mean, at root, it has to do with our our inability to see God for who he is, even, even though uh, as believers we see those types of, we have those types of experiences that we've been saying, and and they point us beyond. Uh, but the, the fallen mindset, the fallen heart uh, has this like blinder on. And so Romans 1 uh, verse 21, Paul's talking about that, and he says, hey, even though people know God, they don't honor him as God or give thanks, but instead become, in the the English in my Bible is futile. Some other Bibles probably use a different term, but it's it's the same term for the word vain here in Ecclesiastes. Is they become vain or empty, and it goes on, in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. And so, as he talks about the essence of human unrighteousness, the essence of human sin, he says a big part of what our problem is is that because we've rejected our God, we've been subjected to this futility beginning in our own minds. And so we we pervert and distort. Like this this speaks to why why is it that we so often do try to make temporal things like ultimate things? Why why do we keep going back to the same over and over? Whatever your pleasure of choices or, or whatever, we, you know, use the biblical term idolatry, the things that we try to put in the place of God. I, I heard years ago a, a preacher say, uh, when we try to turn a good thing into a God thing, that's a bad thing, right? <laughs> like it's, yep. it, 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 and we all do that. And that's, and Paul is saying here, that's, it's our nature to do that. Our, our mental 
bent is to do that. And, and so that's part of why we need saving. We need, we need God to open our eyes to see uh, the reality of, of his fullness. And if he didn't do something miraculous to open our eyes, we, we couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, as, as you're talking about this um, deceived mind, you know, the whole thing he's pointing out in Romans chapter 1 that you're touching on is that God has made himself known through the things he has made. God has demonstrated his mm-hmm. eternal power and his Godhead, his divine nature, so these, that people are without excuse, right? But they've chosen, instead of worshiping the creator, they worship the created thing. It's, 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 a, it's a recurring theme mm-hmm. from person to person. It's not just those people out there. Yeah, that's all of it's us. It's this guy in yep, here. That's right. And yep. so that's where we can turn a, a really good thing like a vacation yep. into an, an, an idol. An, an idol. Like, okay, yep. well, I, I need that. I, I need more of it. I, I've got to return to this. It's like we try to exhaust more from something yep. than it can give. You can never exhaust God, but you can exhaust things and you can exhaust people. I can, you know, my wife is wonderful, but if I try to make her God, yep. she's going to fail right. miserably. Yep. She's going to be miserable. I'm going to be miserable because I've tried to worship a created thing yep. rather than the only one who can sustain that kind of worship, which is, which is, our creator who is great. And so I, I think you have some really great thoughts yeah. to, to. So we'll talk about how the gospel helps us in that yep. respect, but let's, before we go there. Yep. Yeah. This, this quote I want to share uh, stumbled, stumbled upon this quote a while back. And, and it's um, I believe someone with an astronomy background who, who sounds like atheistic or agnostic, but, but listen to the mind of a person trying to make sense of things without God wrestling some with this vanity, this, this inescapable vanity of life, and and just listen to where they go with this. This is fascinating. Again, from a perspective of someone who who doesn't who doesn't sadly doesn't know God. Okay, so this person says uh, when the Hubble Space Telescope pointed to a black spot in the sky about the size of an eraser head for a week, it found thirty thousand galaxies, which is just amazing. Talking about the vastness of the universe. With many trillions of stars and many, many more trillions of inferred planets. So planets we, we don't even know about. So, he goes on to ask, how insignificant are you? <laughs> you are not. Yeah, it gets more and more positive. You, you are not a unique snowflake. That was sarcasm, by the way. You are not special. You are just another piece of decaying matter on the compost pile of this world. Nothing of who you are. And what you will do in the short time you are here will matter. Everything short of that realization is vanity. And then one last thought. It's a little bit later in his comment, but he goes on to say, So, celebrate life in every moment. Admire its wonders and love without reservation. (laughs) Now, how does that last line follow from what precedes it? Well, my computer just went E, error, error. It's like my calculator. When you yeah, press too many, right. too many. All the E's. <laughs> no. Mine, the E's would go all the way across this, the, the This screen. does not compute. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah from, from moving from you're just a piece of decaying matter on the, the compost, compost pile, pile of the world yep. to so celebrate life. Yeah. <laughs> what a nice turn of events. Right. Uh, well, 
I don't know how exactly he does this. I think just I don't think his his uh, psyche could handle any more negativity as he was portraying there in the middle of that article. Um, so he just decided to throw a little bit of happiness in the, into the mix. <laughs> yeah, um, for good measure, yeah, exactly. just sprinkling a little bit of that. But as we're you know thinking about it, joking about it, you, yeah, it's because it does it doesn't it doesn't follow. There, mm-hmm. There's this emptiness that you. feel feel and sense in the beginning part of that and then um to say well and therefore go go love unreservedly and and be amazed by what you see it, it this there's some kind of dissonance there right there's something mm-hmm. that doesn't quite fit and and again it left to ourselves that's the only place our minds can go is that kind of emptiness that kind of uh perversion or misunderstanding or ignorance we would say um so Thankfully, in in contrast to that, and and this just one more thing before we get to the specifics of the gospel, but it was interesting in my study of Ecclesiastes, as I'm searching for that word in the Hebrew word, you might have mentioned earlier, but it's it's Hevel, Mm -hmm. that Hebrew word, as I was looking where it's used, and then kind of the opposite of that, I I, I came across some verses just speaking of the opposite, the fullness, and and it it was intriguing to me. So, So I'll read to you two of them, okay, and get your thoughts. Uh, one is Isaiah six three, which is a familiar verse, where the the uh, I believe it's the cherubim, the angels are before the throne, and they're they're uh, exclaiming, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts! The whole earth is full of His glory." So, in reality, the whole earth is full of the glory of the Lord. And then one other one, Psalm thirty three verse five, God loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. So there's a sense in which, yes, we, through our fallen mind, we experience this world as vain, empty, futile. That's part of our fallen condition. Uh, What we are blind to, naturally speaking, is that even though the world is fallen and cursed, God, the Creator, is lovingly involved in His world. He, he is He is He is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere present, and He's filling all things. So, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's interesting, right? So, I I think I'm amazed about the fact that there are like seven billion people on the face of the earth, right? And all of them, all of us, are in the midst of this glorious presence of the Lord, his, his glory is filling the earth, like you're mentioning. And, and, and the, the whole earth is full of this loving kindness, this faithful love of God. Every one of us is inundated with it. Mm-hmm. And so many people don't know. They don't know that that fullness of God's glory and kindness and love, his faithful love is there we haven't been separated from it. Mm-hmm. The, the wonder of God doing this for people that both know him mm-hmm. and reject his existence, none of us have experienced what it's like to be separated from that. And that's one of the really sobering parts of, as we think right. of what death is about, Right, is some people dying outside of 
experiencing the regeneration of the Spirit because they haven't come to know Christ, they haven't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and been saved, they will at one point experience what it's like to be outside of that fullness mm. that people don't even realize they have the benefit of today. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It is it is sobering, absolutely. And and the the amazing thing and what gives us hope and encouragement and for anyone listening would would provide tremendous hope and encouragement, whether it's a someone who's a Christian and has been for a long time or someone who's who's just thinking about these things for the first time, there there's hope offered us through the gospel. Yeah. We were talking about this as we were pre previewing earlier you know, if we're sitting in a dark, a pitch black room and um, can't see at all, can't see your hand in front of your face, and then someone opens a door from the outside and just cracks open that door and that that ray of light comes into the room, you know, the gospel is like that ray of light. It's like the beginning of seeing, seeing who God really is, seeing his character, seeing his, the what the Bible calls his glory, the the beauty of God's character, his, his love, his mercy, his grace. It's, it's through Christ that we can begin to see this to be true, that while the world is filled with God's loving kindness, mm-hmm. he has been very generous. Uh, he, he has been, uh, he has given to us in, in astounding and immeasurable ways. And through the cross, we see Christ taking upon himself um, the, the penalty of our sin, the curse, uh, allowing his creatures to, to execute him, and, and then in this amazing plan of God, both humans are killing Christ, and in a sense, God is killing Christ, and this for there to be this meeting, this joining, this reconciliation for God to say, hey, look, everything that you deserve, I take upon myself. You deserve rejection for rejecting me, but I accept you in Christ, and there's so much that could be said there. But the idea then of his fullness, and, and so let me, let me go to this Old Testament verse and back, right back to the cross, but this is another one that I... St- I found, uh, didn't mention it in my message, and to this point, you haven't either, but it's just a really good one. Uh, Jonah 2.8, it says, those who cling to worthless idols forsake faithful love. And and interestingly, it's a little bit of a, perhaps a Hebrew play on words here, because it's those who cling to Hevel, it's that same word for emptiness, mm-hmm. vanity, and Ecclesiastes. Um, it says they forsake this other Hebrew word, hesed, which is the word often translated loving kindness or faithfulness. Like to, to cling to, to continue to cling to the empty is to forsake the fullness of mm-hmm. God's love. And the gospel tells us, though that is our tendency humanly, he has nevertheless flooded our lives with his love, and it's through Christ that he gives us that love. And um, and as you have cited, I think it's Psalm 23, he, he pursues us with that kind of love which is awesome. It's overwhelming to think about the fact that, you know, all of us, none of us seek after God, right? Yeah. And so in the only way we've come to this place of understanding who he is is because God sought after us. He, 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 he chased after us with his faithful love. And this is why we have this conversation, because we want to open that door so that the rays of the light of the gospel yep. flood into the darkness of people's yep. hearts and minds, ourselves included. Yep. We are constantly needing that reminder and refreshment so that our eyes are continually being opened and our mind being renewed by God's spirit and God's word that God is good and that God 
and entered into history to provide for us forgiveness of our sin through Christ and life eternal through Christ. And so we hold him up for ourselves to be reminded. We hold him up for the world to see. And we're we're desiring for God to do that work of taking the rays of light and yep. and and unveiling it to blind eyes so that their eyes will see and their yep. hearts will believe and they'll trust Christ as Savior. Yeah, right. And begin to know of that fullness yes. of God, right? Without that is only the the empty, the temporal, the futile, the fleeting, all the, the array of words for that Hebrew word hevel, right? All mm. those terms is speak of the if if not for Christ and the gospel that's all we could have is like these little tastes that aren't quite fulfilling and then like you said beyond that then there's an eternity being set aside from him separated from him and that loving kindness so so the gospel is an amazing provision and it 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 beckons all of us to come and to find his forgiveness and rest and and to to come to the to come to the light, you know, to use yeah. that it's kind of cliche, but to come come to the light, right? To uh to be able to see and understand who who our our God is. And then and then what happens is as we do that, there's this um at least in our understanding, and, and it's not like it's a one-time thing. I mean it can happens in conversion, but then it continues to happen. But there's this shift that takes place where whereas previously that which was immaterial and insubstantial, namely God, the things of the Spirit of God, uh, spiritual realm realities, whereas at one time those seemed to be nothing, empty, vaporous, they become more precious to us and we begin to see, well, actually, that's real, that's the real stuff, like mm-hmm. the real, like what, the real substance is there and 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 so God helps us then to endure the fleeting nature of life and the temporal nature of life, knowing that, yeah, it's, it's that way down here in this world, but there, there are realities beyond this world that are actually more real than this world, even though that's hard, naturally speaking, that sounds like foolishness, but, but boy, we sure through our cravings see that we kind of need that to be true. And, and through the gospel, God tells us that is true. Again, anybody hearing some of those quotes we shared earlier would have to admit, oh yeah, it's true. I, I'm not satisfied, no matter how much pleasure I get, and I cannot handle loss. I hate loss in life. Well, I mean, anybody who's honest would have to admit that. The gospel says to such a person. The gospel says to me, to you, perpetually says to us, "Hey, come and find fullness in God, offered you freely as a gift through Christ, graciously, and um, and that's where true fulfillment is found, true satisfaction." eternality, immortality, all those things offered through through Jesus and really nowhere else. And you know, the, the author of Hebrews kind of defines faith this way, right? Faith is the substance yep. of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He takes those things that otherwise of our own accord we can't get a hold on, yep. those real eternal realities, and it actually becomes something to grab onto. Yep. So we're ironically, of, right? Yeah, instead of yep. trying to grab onto the hevel, yep. the meaningless, the vanity of this life, we can we can grab onto that which has real substance. It's it's a God who is, yep. and yep. will always be. Yep. 
And even in that endeavor to grab onto it, which we do and we urge you to do, listeners, for your own good and for the healing and light of your own soul, and knowing back to that Psalm 23 text where it says the the loving kindness of God, I mean, he is literally pursuing us, right, with that, which is just amazing. It gives such reassurance um, that his goodness, here it is in front of me now, and goodness and loving kindness, that's Hesed, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's awesome. Praise God. Amen. That's maybe a good place for us to, to close there. It's a good kind of celebratory moment. Uh, would you would you maybe pray, Rob, and just give thanks? And uh, it's been an encouraging conversation as always, man. Let's do it. Our Father, you're so good and faithful and kind and loving. And we are blown away by the fact that you pursue us relentlessly, faithfully, with your loving kindness. Thank you for opening our eyes to see how great you are. Thank you for opening our eyes to the emptiness that is found outside of you. We pray, Father, that you would help us uh, to have a firm grip on you through the faith that you've given to us by your Spirit. We pray, Father, that you'd use these thoughts in our lives, in the lives of those that might listen, uh, to encourage, uh, to to stir up, and to uh, to even bring forth real lasting life that only you can bring. Thank you for my friend, Jeff. Thank you for these conversations. We pray you'd use them in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.